hi everyone to who joined. I am going live with Nyjah Noble, who is a dietitian as well as me. My name is Akira. I'm also a dietitian, but I focus on mental health, and Nyjah more so focuses on diabetes, and she posts a lot about the importance of vegetables and how to incorporate vegetables into your everyday life. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. So she has a passion for all things fitness and nutrition. She is the owner of NK Fitness and Nutrition LLC, where she is a private practice dietitian and fitness instructor. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in athletic training from Bowling Green State University and a Master of Science in Nutrition, Healthspan, and Longevity from the University of Southern California. She was previously the staff dietitian at Meta Facebook and the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Nigel leads out in a CDC-approved virtual diabetes prevention program to help prevent the increased rates of diabetes within the community. Nigel also has a social media community with over 30,000 followers where she shows, shares healthy recipes and nutrition tips. And she leads out in community nutrition and wellness programs and is the communications chair for the National Organization of Blacks and Dietetics and Nutrition. And she loves helping her clients reach their nutrition and fitness goals. So thank you, Nigel. <laughs> That's like a very nice bio. You have like so much experience. <laughs> Thank you. I tried. Lots of work. <laughs> yeah. And you're honestly one of my favorite TikTok like dietitian pages because you're just so active. And like, your voice is so cute. I always comment that on your videos because you're always so like spunky. And like you, I like, I only eat vegetables because it's healthy, really not out of pure enjoyment. Okay. But you genuinely enjoy vegetables. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> So it's like really inspiring to see your videos and stuff. So it's really cool. Thank you. Oh. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so today, guys, we're talking about diabetes and vegetables. So I have some questions for Nigel that I'm going to ask her, and then she's going to answer that. We're going to get into like a conversation about it. Okay. So the first question is, why are adding vegetables to the diet so important? So adding vegetables to the diet important one because research backs it. Lots of research shows when we have um, a variety of vegetables, and I'll include fruits in that, especially since you said you don't like because of anti-inflammatory uh, properties. So these big things. They're also low-calorie, low-fat, all those fun things that people want to eat. But the benefits outweigh everything. I always tell people, and I have to say this loosely, but it's almost like getting your, your body supplements in when we talk about vegetables it just hits so many categories um that benefit our body. When we're talking about cancer diabetes blood pressure the answer well not the complete answer but part of the answer is going to be vegetables yeah. so that's why vegetables are so important and as american we're, we're slacking yeah for sure and wait i want to ask you really quickly is your wi-fi on or off on do i need to turn on? on it's your little choppy i wonder if it was my wi-fi so Okay, and you just froze on my end. You froze on my end. Do I need to turn my Wi-Fi off? Um, if you can try, because I don't want it. I don't want it to be choppy. So people, because since we're on Instagram now, I'm gonna turn it into a podcast episode as well. Okay, <laughs> I just, just turned it off. It's coming back. Okay, we're good. I think we're good. Okay, I apologize. Okay, so hopefully you guys heard her first answer as to why adding vegetables to the diet is really important. It helps the cancer prevention, adds vitamins and minerals to your diet. It adds, um, it's basically like taking supplements, like you're adding nutrients into your diet. 
And there's a lot of anti-inflammatory benefits with adding vegetables to the diet, as Nigel said. And did I miss anything that nope. you said? Okay. <laughs> uh, so the second question is, are vegetables more important than fruits? Um, no. We, I, hold on, we like vegetables. Vegetables are great. Fruits have the same nutrients. I can find, well, not the same. I can find a vegetable that has vitamin C. I can find fruit that finds vegetables. The, the biggest difference is uh, we want to be mindful of sugar. I, I say that lightly because people get afraid of sugar. But fruit's going to have a little bit more sugar. Um, the calories are, are, are both low and everything else. But when we talk about vegetables, it's just that it's usually lower kind of in the carb range um, and hit a wide variety of our vitamins and minerals but fruit do the same thing so a lot of times i tell people if they do not absolutely not like vegetables we can try different recipes recipes <laughs> try adding so i wouldn't say it's um vegetables are more important i just said we emphasize it one because fruit people still like fruit more um with that yeah. and then disease states you do have to be mindful of the amount of fruits um, so that's why we kind of push vegetables a little bit more, but they're both great. Okay, yeah, that is a good answer. Um, uh -oh. can you hear me? Can you hear yeah. me well? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Can you try putting a Wi-Fi on one more time? <laughs> I don't know why it's like a little choppy. Okay. I just want to make sure that people can hear your answer. Switch over. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Okay. Okay. I, I think I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just a lot of like difficulties today. I'm sorry about that. Um, especially with the whole TikTok thing. But I can always edit it afterwards. Okay. Um. So basically, what you were saying is that fruits and vegetables are equally important, but you like to promote vegetables more because some people have to monitor their sugar and even though there's, there's nothing wrong with sugar some people if they have certain disease states like diabetes or insulin resistance in general they have to monitor their carb intake because fruit can impact their blood sugar and then also because we tend to still eat fruit a little bit more than vegetables yes that's true okay yeah that, that makes a lot of sense so yeah a lot of people are more prone to eating fruits because it's sweeter um, I know that's the case with me. Even I feel like I may eat vegetables a little more often only because it's easy to add to meals. But um, yeah, so for those who are here with us, just know that vegetables and fruits are equally important. But if you have diabetes or insulin resistance, you want to be mindful of the sugar that is in the fruits. So the third question is, what are the benefits of diversifying your diet with different vegetables? Oh, there's so many benefits. Benefits. So I look at, the, they used to say eat the rainbow, you don't have to, yeah. eat the rainbow, but the different colors are, are different. And so that alone is a benefit, but also boredom. I talk to clients every day, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. <laughs> it's different flavors, different textures. Now I will say, even me, I get in the habit, green leafy vegetables, just so easy, you know, you get some lettuce, etc. But when I do have something else, the flavor is actually really good. Yeah. Um, nutrients we're adding flavor we're adding texture so it's so much fun and again getting rid of that boredom to add the different benefits 
diversifying your vegetables um and then it also too um depending on your budget you know going with the in season that helps yeah. too when you have what's on sale okay this is on sale this is on season um i'm more likely to grab it and that, that helps too what you know when it's something's out of season and you're paying 15 dollars for a watermelon in the winter which you should never do that yeah. but <laughs> if, if you diversify and go with something more in season like oranges right now you'll save more money yeah and that's that is true. Um, I always promote um, Eat the Rainbow because I feel like we don't, I mean, this is me personally because I grew up as a picky eater. I tend to stick to the same like fruits and vegetables, but when you diversify the different colors, you get those different antioxidants and different nutrients and they all just do more good than harm, if anything. Well, not, not really harm at all unless you have like something, but um, yeah, it's really important that we are adding in like I, like at least now I'm more mindful. Like the other day I got potatoes instead of just getting regular potatoes, I got the different colored potatoes, like the purple ones and things like that. Or with the tomatoes, I'll get like the red, orange, yellow tomatoes, um, things like that. So um, the more colors you add to your diet, guys, the better because it's all just going to help with lowering inflammation in the body, providing you with more nutrients, more antioxidants. And again, more diversity, more texture, more taste profiles and, um, you won't get bored so easily. So those are some of the benefits of um, adding different vegetables into your diet. And Nigel, what is your favorite way to make vegetables? Oh, my favorite way to make vegetables are roasting. roasting. Like the flavor okay. roasting just does and the texture is amazing. And I really yeah. the oven, it is amazing. Like I, something about the way roasting, I feel like I can get more of the seasoning, the flavor there compared to I just kind of like saute. I don't know why. This is not. Yeah. This is a hit all the time. But yeah, I love roasting. Yeah, that I understand. When I um, in college, I used to get roasted carrots at the salad bar, and I'm not a carrot person, but for some reason, the roasted carrots tasted really, really good. They were like the roasted sticks, and I think it had like cinnamon or nutmeg on it, and it was roasted, and it tasted really, really, really good. So that was I was shocked at that. And also, roasted broccoli tastes really good too. I love roasted broccoli. Yeah, yeah I go. I love roasted broccoli, and then like it's just some lettuce, and I'll make a Caesar salad. Like if I just really don't feel like making anything, I'll just make call it. That's true. Yeah, and, and um, are there any downfalls to roasting? Because I know some people are concerned with um getting that little burnt um taste on their vegetables because of the increased risk for cancer. Yeah. Research is still out for that, <laughs> so there's not really any concerns with that. I know even when and I was in school, I can't remember, but anyway, <laughs> but then for that, where some people were higher, um, a little DNA test, too. some people were higher than others with that. But a lot of the research said we're not, not even much to where it would cause any, any issues, okay? Okay, so that's good to know, and um. Actually, didn't add this question in, but when do you make your vegetables? Um, do you just make them dry or do you add like an oil or a butter? I add an oil. So I do avocado or olive oil. Those are just my favorite. I butter. I mean, you do have to be mindful. I just personally don't like butter, which I know is like crazy. I don't think that's. So I, mean, I was never a butter person either, honestly. <laughs> like people are like, oh my god, the taste. You don't like? I'm like, no, I seriously don't like the taste of butter. But it definitely. <laughs> with um oil one the seasoning gets on it as well but that little bit of extra added not too much fat but that flavor makes a big difference yeah and then for those who do not know when you add 
um, olive oil, avocado oil to your vegetables also helps to absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, which are vitamins A, D, E, and K. Um, so that's another benefit of adding those oils to your vegetables. And how can adults sneak vegetables into their meals? I know with kids, they advise not to sneak vegetables into their meals, but if adults want to mask the taste of it in their meals, how can they do that so get the benefits? Now, everyone's going to be different because some people say that's where they did. But smoothies to me, but specifically now, don't try to put strong taste in vegetables and smoothies. You're going to yeah. taste <laughs> But kale is probably my favorite if I don't want, and I don't mind vegetables, but I feel like you can taste spinach, carrots, uh, cauliflower. You can taste all those in your smoothie. I feel like you can't taste kale as much. Spinach will be second. Blending that in with fruit. Um, chopping it really small um, and just adding it to your favorite. So like spaghetti, but again, like vegetables. But I made some from my um, my sister-in-law uh, and I'll cut, and she's really picky, but I cut like some, I was nice about it, some bell peppers <laughs> or some onions because it's just a happy meat, but making sure you have all that flavor. So something that's saucy too. So it's yeah. such cheese. Like back in the day, and this, I used to, I started in the fitness industry. So I, back in the day, I'm like, don't add cheese. If you need cheese, if you need some sauce, it is okay. The, yeah. bitch, the, the ranch is, is not uh, giving you uh, the diabetes. Uh, there's a whole lot of other issues. So if you need some <laughs> to cover it, some cheese to cover it, it is going to be okay. So the best thing I would say is get something that you really like saucy um, to cover that. If you have a texture issue, blend yeah. it. So I for <laughs> uh, uh, it's always a pasta sauce, but I blend it like spinach or broccoli um so that way you don't even have that texture um but you want something flavorful you can't really can't really hide it if you don't have a good sauce or flavor yeah i'm surprised that kale doesn't have a taste in smoothies i'm not a big smoothie drinker um yeah. but isn't kale bitter you don't taste that in the smoothie no no i blend mine's good and usually i do kale some mix of fruit so usually tropical um greek yogurt and um that's pretty much it. <laughs> Water. Sometimes I'll add a, a protein powder, but I'm not a big fan of the taste of protein yeah. powders. But no, um, but you do have to blend the kale well. Yeah. Now. If you leave chunks, no. But I feel like kale, I can hide a lot compared to spinach. I tried um, cauliflower, no go. But I don't like cauliflower. Uh -huh. I could taste all of those. But kale first. Instead of protein powder, have you tried... Um collagen powder with soy milk i have not now i'm not a powder person in general okay. so that's um uh, I, 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 most of the time i do greek yogurt i tried a vegan protein powder um just move which i really really like chocolate cake. oh yeah i saw that yeah do, do they have a strong protein taste no okay and that's and i've tried Again, being in the fitness world, I tried so many, and they, I just don't like them. So I, I kind of stopped. So even with the collagen powders, the um, uh, I can't think of the other name, but all the other powders, I just haven't yeah. tried them. So I could, yeah. but even when I went to Fancy and they were having us taste stuff, I didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I hate protein powders and the taste. The only in-store brand of protein shake that I like is a brand called Rebel. Okay. And they have like a dark chocolate protein shake. That one's actually good because it tastes like a rich dark chocolate milkshake. But otherwise, like I hate protein powder. So I like to mix unflavored collagen powder with soy milk because the unflavored collagen powder has no taste, like literally no taste. And it's missing that one amino acid. So I just add it with soy milk so it's a um, 
what's that word again? We mix it. Oh, complementary proteins. <laughs> yeah. So I like doing the collagen soy milk um, combo. So you, you might like that because I do the unflavored collagen. I might have to try that. And oddly enough, I do mostly water. Sometimes okay. I do. Um, I'm not a milk person in general. It okay. doesn't. The I, I get the dairy with the Greek yogurt. Um, yeah. I don't mind. I love trying different things. So maybe I have to try that. Yeah, it definitely makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, I don't like protein. But I definitely do want to try the Just Move, but I saw you promoting that. But I was scared because I, I seriously cannot do that protein taste. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I normally hate chocolate. Like, I don't like any chocolate. What? I'll do protein because it's always funky tasting. I'll do <laughs> add whatever to vanilla to make it good, usually. Yeah. You and so I bought, I would suggest their sampler pack. I think it was $20. I can't remember. But they had chocolate cake, sweet potato. Oh, I can't remember all of them, but different flavors. And I like chocolate the best. And I'm like, what in the world? Oh, wow. There's banana pudding. But to me, it tastes like fake banana. I mean, I know it's not real banana, but it tastes like fake banana, if that makes sense. So I didn't like that one. Okay. Um, but they're, they're unique flavors, and I, I like fake the best. Yeah, they seem pretty unique, and I usually get everything chocolate because I feel like vanilla can either be way too sweet or just like I don't know. But I, I prefer a more richer taste. I'll get like chocolate flavored stuff. Um, but that's interesting. I'm definitely gonna have to try their sampler now. Yeah, you you're gonna have to. It's good. That sounds good. Okay, and the next question is: How do vegetables impact diabetes? Sorry, take a bite of food. Let's um, impact diabetes by one again. What we talked about, and uh, the the research is showing we're seeing um, inflammatory. Talk about diabetes and any chronic disease. I look at things, so that's where our vegetables come into play with that. When we talk about, and I, I try not to make everything about carbs because I know people are afraid they're going to be non-starchy vegetables are lower in carbs. We can have a little bit more. Of those they have our vitamins and minerals so they're kind of like um a, a set i don't like to say this but a safe food okay. so that's where it becomes important i mean there's there's benefits to it um as well the research shows hey for diabetes i need you to increase your your vegetable intake for heart disease i need you to increase your vegetable intake so overall it's just benefits in overall health not just specifically to diabetes but a lot of times um, just in general practice, they look at it, oh, it's low carbs. <laughs> that, that's yeah. kind of things that they look at. Low carb, you can have a little bit more on your plate, which we encourage more um, on your plate, but it also has all the anti-inflammatory and all the vitamins and minerals. Well, not all of them, but, but vitamins and minerals. Yeah, for sure. And I actually wanted to um, go back to the question about how to add vegetables into your diet because a lot of people don't... Um, realize that certain sauces and seasonings that we use in different cultures are also considered adding vegetables to your meal so for example pesto is a really good source of vegetables because it's like a blend of a bunch of different greens and it has some nuts it may have some cheese and it has usually olive oil as the base or avocado oil um bruschetta i just bought bruschetta from trader joe's and it tastes so good it has like the chopped tomatoes and it has garlic and it has oil so that's really healthy or chimichurri i love chimichurri like i literally put chimichurri in like everything like eggs sausage like, i love chimichurri yeah. 
Um, so that's another one. And I'm West Indian, so we use green seasoning. I was about to say green seasoning, yep. <laughs> yeah, which is similar to, I think, sofrito for Hispanic people. Yep, yep. And then pico, because I have today. So I have pico, and so that has tomatoes, onions. Yeah, true. In there. Um, a lot of stews, I, I, I'm African-American, but a lot of stews will all over the place, and they do a lot of tomato-based yeah. stews. A lot, yeah. a lot of tomato-based stews. Yeah, that's so true. they're so so like you're right. So many kind of sauces that people add that have the best. And then, is, is, should people be concerned about the fiber um, that they're the breakdown between like the raw vegetable versus the sauce? I would be concerned for the raw vegetable versus the sauce. But how did I forget that fiber? I the fiber is a very very important nutrient, and that. <laughs> Um, lowering our blood sugar levels and also uh, without giving also without raising our blood sugar so much fiber is so important and vegetables play so such an important role we're talking about adding fiber I don't know how maybe because I need to eat how did I forget glad you even mentioned that but I wouldn't worry about it and I say this because we, we always do not do but at, you know clients the fine details do I need to measure out this I need, I need you to get started yeah I, <laughs> eat vegetables so if you want to add sauce, you want, we don't have to do the breakdown of the fiber and things like that unless we, you know, we start looking at your numbers and there's some concerns. But my goal is to get you to eat those vegetables. And then if I'm like, all right, we got to watch the sauce or we got to watch the way you're doing it later on. Typically, I don't even have to do that. Okay. It's pretty rare. Okay. And I know sometimes um, you'll get less fibers and people get concerned with that. So I want to just reassure them that it's okay regardless because you're still getting those benefits yeah. from the vegetables. Yes, and there's ways you can cook, you can blanch vegetables, which I've been um, playing around with, which definitely makes a difference in the taste. It's just, you know, it's an extra, hmm, about extra six minutes. Sometimes extra, I don't want to deal with the extra six minutes. I don't always use <laughs> the nutrients and the fiber, but hey, some days when I'm not doing all that. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then to get into, actually, no, so there's another, question so how often should people add vegetables into their diet so they suggest uh well what do you mean like the serving size we say three to four servings of vegetables yeah if we i like to follow the my plate of course so half of your plate uh vegetables is what we usually suggest um i usually just say start by adding them on your plate yeah <laughs> wherever you can get started because you'll say oh half my plate and then you, you don't like it yeah um, but the <laughs> serving so i usually suggest having it um uh breakfast lunch dinner or um within your snacks it just really depends on how you eat like for me unless i'm making a smoothie i'm not having vegetables for um breakfast yeah. it, it, <laughs> but some people like that i'm not an egg person but vegetable omelets things like that so three to four servings but play around with um your your lifestyle how you think you're going to actually consume those vegetables yeah for sure That's Makes sense. I know with me, I'll have vegetables with breakfast because I do eat a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I like to mix eggs with a meat and yep. then I can add some vegetables that way. Um, and for a while, I would whisk eggs with vegetables and bake it as like a meal prep because that's another convenient way to add vegetables. Or um, even just adding like onions and peppers and like small seasonings like that is another really good way to add vegetables to the diet that don't really... Um, mess up the flavor of your meal if you're not a big vegetable mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. yeah those are my favorites if i do but most of the time like i like cold quick something with fruit in it so like i said yeah. that's you want but by 
at lunch and then I'm getting yeah. tables in. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And now to get more into the diabetes question. So what is diabetes? And like, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? So when we talk about um, type 1 diabetes, I said we're type 1 diabetes. So that's when the pancreas does not make insulin uh, because the body's immune system is attacking cells. It's an autoimmune disease, right? So a lot of times it used to be gestational. That's a whole other story. It's starting to change. Usually it's diagnosed early on. Um, in life, but we're starting to get thoughts to get diagnosed yeah, with, with type, uh, one, with type right? one. Yeah, so now there's a type one and a half, but yeah, I saw that. I was confused. I was gonna ask you about that. Yes. <laughs> because what we're seeing, and I actually have some clients um, who were diagnosed in their 20s and their 30s, because um, with type one, it's kind of hard to diagnose it's a lot of lows, highs, um, kind of getting sick, and once you're out of being, um, I'm losing my train of thought, but being a child. So as you get older, they're, they're not thinking type 1 diabetes. But now that we're starting to see this, and that's where that type 1 and a half, but that's still another day. Um, and type 2, your pancreas is making less insulin. So your pancreas is still working, um, but it has, to, it has to work harder. <laughs> and that's going to be the most common one. And that's when we talk about making lifestyle changes where you can you know help your pancreas you can do that with type two you're not going to be able to do that for for type one yeah uh, so those are kind of the biggest things and it's um they're chronic diseases mean chronic meaning long term so a lot of times when you are we start with pre-diabetes um before you are diabetic some of these things is, is slowly reaching up i know so unless you don't go to the doctor often sometimes it might seem like it pops up but this is something that will affect you for the rest of your life so it can slowly build up but once diagnosed even if you get it down your a1c your blood sugar is down with exercise in um exercise nutrition they used to say reverse it now they're saying remission okay uh, so that's something that you'll have to be mindful for your life, uh, for the rest of your life. And then um, I can just go on on a di <laughs> diabetes. Uncontrolled type 2, it can change the type 1. Just so crazy to me. Wait, um, to type 1. So if you have oh. diabetes, you're just not making changes, not taking your medication, having it for so um, some years plus. So when I worked in a hospital, I don't work in a hospital. So I can say that. So I had some that um, who had uncontrolled diabetes for years that their pancreas was not making insulin, and so they were treated as type one diabetes. Oh, that actually makes sense. Because I remember when I worked at the hospital or the nursing home, sometimes I would see patients who have both, and I'd be like, "How is that possible?" That makes sense. Okay. Yes. So it was uncontrolled, um, and you know they're like, "Yeah, your lifestyle." It's not going to help. We're going to have to uh, want some insulin and change some things. So hopefully I explained that. And I was like, I get so excited. I get so excited. <laughs> so I reach the points of it, but um, sometimes I get off of it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to getting diagnosed, um, if you can explain what an A1C is and what are the ranges that people so, need to be mindful of. So the A1C is going to be that um, blood sugar levels over a three. So this is, you should do it fasting, but this is going to be over three months. So, and I, I say that, that's important because a lot of people will say, oh, I changed my diet right before my last. So, <laughs> over three months, 
So what's that sugar level? Um, they used to do a diagram and they had like sugar on the, the blood cell uh, for, for, for all of that buildup. So you usually have to do two tests. So A1C and then a fasting glucose. So, and that's going to be the one um, right then and there. Um, the doctor will, it's on no story, but it depends on your doctor. <laughs> they should do um, two testing. So they have to make sure that it doesn't usually, they'll do A1C and then maybe do your fasting. Or sometimes they'll do your fasting first, and if it comes back um, high, then they would have you come back, back for uh, to do your A1C. So okay. unfortunately, uh, sometimes on testing, I want to say this: um, if they feel like you're, sometimes they won't test uh, for that. So that's why sometimes you, uh oh, we froze. Sorry, I was getting. I have to put my phone back to stir. Sorry. Okay. I'll say Oh, do I need to put mine on? Do not disturb. Um, but nobody should be calling me. Um, I was gonna say, yeah. So sometimes they won't test it, but if they feel like you're overweight, um, come in saying that you're dehydrated. Um, if your blood pressure is high, then they'll test it. Um, okay. That is something to be um, uh, mindful. So. When we talk about um, pre-diabetes, they look at, um, we keep changing these numbers, but 5.7 to 6.4 is in okay. the pre-diabetes. So 6.5 or higher is going to be diabetic. Um, is what, they're what was the number before? Um, wasn't, it, wasn't it always 5.7 to 6.4? Well, depending on your doctor's diagnosis, some will diagnose. That's why I said just because of doctor. Some will diagnose oh. at, at six or something like that. They'll say, "Oh, you're diabetic." Um, instead of saying pre-diabetic. So the range has always been there, but before they would just say you're diabetic. Oh, wow. maybe, um, like that. So it really depends. And there's still some, I, I have clients who will say, um, I'm pre-diabetic, my A1C is a seven, like you're diabetic or, you know, but <laughs> they're, they're yeah. say that. And so that's why I say, it, um, those are the ranges, but sometimes a doctor will diagnose um, early um, and then Sometimes they'll diagnose a little bit late, depending on um, your lifestyle changes that you make. Okay. Or yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, um, can some people have insulin resistance without having diabetes? Yes. So, especially uh, a lot of times we see that more in PCOS. Yeah. Um, which needs to be, and as you know, I know that's uh, in your area. Some that needs to be researched so, so, so much more. I just had that um, talk um, earlier, but that's where we see. I mean, insulin resistance can be diagnosed in general, but a lot of times we see it, especially with PCOS. Yes, because I know I have PCOS and I have insulin resistance, and a lot of people get confused. Um, but it is possible to have insulin resistance even without diabetes, and it's basically just your body is not using insulin correctly and that can cause elevated blood sugar. And then that puts women with PCOS at increased risk for diabetes later in the future if they don't control their PCOS when they are younger. So that's really important to keep in mind. And I actually didn't even bring this up, but what is gestational diabetes and what puts people at increased risk for gestational diabetes? That's a question. Um, so gestational diabetes is diagnosed when you're pregnant. You take your test in between 24 and I actually just did this okay. <laughs> 24, <laughs> eight weeks. But, and what's interesting, I said, cause I'm doing a talk next month about, are there risks? There are, but we still, they're still trying to research it because the numbers are becoming higher. So at risk is if you, um, 
African-Americans, if you're older, uh, overweight, if you are um, 35 or above, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, um, but there's still, we're like, we have, so we know baby causes this. Is there a way we can prevent it? That's what we're trying to figure out with research now. Uh, should we test earlier? So we're still trying to figure out um, what's really going on with gestational diabetes. So we know that your, your, your levels are a little off when you, you have a baby that does change. So that's where gestational, gestational diabetes happens. Once you have baby, once you take your labs, you don't have it's not no, normal, which is so crazy, but that puts you at risk for type 2 diabetes. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I forgot. It was something that put you at risk for something, and it was gestational diabetes that put you at an increased risk for type yes. 2 later on in life. Yes. Okay. So that's why, and again, since I have to do the talk, I was looking at the research. We're trying to say, okay, we know baby causes it, but is there signs that we can look at earlier? But the, some of the signs are being thirsty, <laughs> use the bathroom a lot. Yeah. That's signs of pregnancy um we don't know but we do know exercise when you can fruits and vegetables the typical thing um is what we're promoting but that's literally what we're trying to figure out now how can we die earlier um is there a way to prevent gestational diabetes um so yeah very interesting okay yeah so that makes a lot of sense and um something else i have to say about that but this is a side note, guys. So Nyjah is pregnant. Um, so she is currently eating for her pregnancy. Um, <laughs> so this is just another question I want to ask you. What are some ways in which you are eating um, throughout your pregnancy to ensure that your blood sugar is stable under control? You know what? I didn't change anything. Um, and I will say, everybody's, this is my first I, They say everybody's pregnancy. Yeah. I didn't have cravings. I don't have, so I'm really my normal so trying to keep it breakfast lunch dinner um still getting protein i like to eat um i eat a variety of food but my plate style so i try to make sure i have my whole grains or carbs um my protein and fruits and or vegetables really stick to that when my hunger has increased i just make sure maybe i make a larger plate like it's actually been kind of weird because i do get hungry and picking up healthier snacks so i have like peanut butter crackers um, popcorn. I, I, yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm hungry yeah. a little bit more. So the change probably for me was adding more consistent snacks and higher calories. So I went with nuts, um, peanut butter crackers, some fruit, like I said, popcorn, because I want to make sure it counts. Still, yeah. it doesn't keep me full. There's nothing wrong if you're craving Cheetos, have your Cheetos. Yes, be mindful of that. But what I found if I was doing something more snacky, I was still hungry, which I, I know better. Yeah. So it's trying to add more nutrient snacks for me. But I really haven't had anything. It's been a blessing. Anything crazy or like to eat um, cookies all day, I would. Yeah. Was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't really changed much except for adding um, higher calories. Okay. Okay, nice, nice. Okay. That's how you really helpful is for some people on the call. Um, so how can someone start, and actually I already have this question, I don't know why I have it twice. Um, if you can go over some of the long-term chronic effects of unmanaged diabetes, I know a lot of people, once they have diabetes, it leads to comorbidities, um, and they end up having like high blood pressure and other things, so if you can go into that a little bit. Yes, and I always start with that. So what I tell people, and a lot of 
and when one raises the other so if your blood sugar level is high it can raise your blood pressure level a lot of times if a doctor comes sees you they will say i'm going to put you on metformin i'm gonna put you on blood pressure medication um at the same time because they can that both will rise not for everyone but we'll see that a lot um blindness your vision yeah i know on by untreated uncontrolled their vision uh you can lose your limb you, your um uh, nerve ending so again you get a bad cut your healing properties you get a bad cut you know normally you would heal uncontrolled diabetes that cut they open yeah. then that cut infection um and then you lose your finger and these are real stories from people um i i never forget one day in the hospital someone had gangrene um pretty much i i wasn't there for it was before my internship was over but this person was going to lose their foot they had it they were out like at a camp and they could not feel the fire on their foot so they had no clue their foot um a burned burn which caused gangrene it did not heal and they're gonna have to lose their foot so there's so oh many God. things with old diabetes that can i mean just and then affect a high cholesterol so many many other diseases like that i tell people diabetes is no joke yeah uh, but usually the first thing i see is a vision usually the first thing so control yeah and control true. you know you just diagnose don't freak out but usually yeah here's yeah, it's good to, for, for people to know because a lot of people don't realize that it either leads to other things or it can cause other things at the same time. I know um, it can also lead to kidney disease, which is a progressive chronic disease. You go from stage one to five, or is it five to one? It's five, it's one, one to five, right? Yeah, and then if, if that's uncontrolled, you can end up having um, going into end-stage renal disease and that's when people typically have to go on dialysis. Yep. Um, and then again, with the wounds, when you have diabetes, it's harder to heal your wounds. And then you are more prone to um, bed sores, which are pressure ulcers and things like that. And um, like she mentioned, vision problems, nerve problems where you can't really feel um, your fingers and stuff. So there's a lot of complications that come with uncontrolled diabetes which is why it's really important that if you have insulin resistance and elevated A1C, pre-diabetes, that you are um, managing it at the early stages with a dietitian that specializes in PCOS or diabetes, whichever you have, to make sure that we get your A1C down so that you don't end up being at higher risk for all of the other complications. And one of the things I didn't even ask you, so what are some of the common symptoms of diabetes or even like pre-diabetes and things so, like that. So a lot of frequent urination, uh, thirst, so or thirst slash th uh, dry mouth, um, unexplained weight loss, extreme weight loss or weight gain. Um, we see it both ways. So an extreme could be like, oh, you know, I wasn't trying to, and then it's ten plus. You know, not like, oh, I lost three pounds. I don't know where no. Um, are the most common ones that we see sometimes too, um, like I said, they'll start diagnosing and that's the doctor, not me, or checking for being, um, not me, doctor, before <laughs> gets upset, but that's something that, but those are kind of the most common, um, that we typically see. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And that is actually it for all the questions. So do you have any general tips or advice for people who are newly diagnosed with diabetes 
and how they can make their meals using the plate that you usually post about on your page. The first thing I say, and I'm not saying that because we're dietitians, but work with dietitians. Yeah. Get a dietitian. Because what we do, and it's natural. Even me being pregnant, I'm like, what happens when you do this? We go on Google. <laughs> so much. We go on TikTok. So much information is overwhelming. And you can end up stressing yourself out. And as you know, this part, we, we forgot about the stress part. Yeah. Stress control on your blood sugar levels. Um, and unmanaged diabetes. So work with a dietitian that can break it down for you. Make it clear. Really set you up. Get a handout. Not all the time the doctor will give you one, but you can request one. You can find one on your own. I have clients say, I take insurance and they're like, oh, I looked you up because I wanted one. But you really want some guidance. And not, not say the doctors have guidance in a different way. Um, some have programs too. If you have a program, if you're new, newly diagnosed with diabetes, um, depending on if they're giving you medication, but they'll go over medication. Usually there's a dietitian involved, a pharmacist, um, that really break down everything that's happening in your body. Make sure you understand. Um, so really get a team to make sure you understand to have um, success within that. I feel like you <laughs> Okay, yeah, and have you, um, this doesn't apply to everybody, but have you seen clients go into remission or um, reverse, like whatever the word they want to use now? <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a lot of clients. Lots and lots of clients. Um, now I will say a lot of them caught it early, or right. Um, I have some who maybe had come to me with had diabetes for fifteen plus years, a A one C of fifteen. We're probably not. We're probably not at that at that at that yeah. level. Yeah. Um, maybe come to me at at a seven. Um, definitely have been able, to, like you said, reverse remission because they're they're changing the language there. Most definitely. Uh, life changing. Um, something shocked me about how fast and <laughs> <laughs> put that number and then keeping up because I follow up within a couple of years. Same thing. Um, and we talked about um, some effects of it. Um, I have people who are on blood pressure medication, um, diagnosed as diabetic, CP off of all of it. Yeah. So it's definitely possible, but you have to look at what you're willing to do and then your body, right? Genetics do play a role. How can we forget about genetics? Genetics. Um, and then what level? At your, we have we have to be realistic at what level you are. Um, if you if it's been uncontrolled for years, A1C extremely high. It's it's going to be harder for yeah. that. Some people that's just not possible. But what I tell people, we can reduce your medication. We can help you be, manage um, and live a better life. But oh yeah, most definitely. And even with my, um, I've been fo I focus more on pre-diabetes. Um, a lot of people getting out that pre-diabetes pre-diabetes range and staying out of it uh, for some years. I mean, yeah, that's what I, was gonna ask. I know a lot of people, they get concerned that they may have to be a medication for the rest of their life. Um, but I wanted to let people know that not everyone has to stay on medication forever. Everyone's story is, is different. It depends on, like she said, how much you're willing to change, the changes that you do make, your genetic history, your previous medical history. Like, it's a lot that comes into play, but you don't have to necessarily be medication forever. It just depends on the person. So um, that's something that's good to know. And how can people pair their plate to eat for prediabetes or insulin resistance? Um, so I just have to have it right here. So yes. my, my favorite way that I share, and my plate's not everything. And so that's why you need a dietitian to soup. A dietitian? A dietitian too. <laughs> um, what about this? What about that? A dietitian to break this down more. It's not perfect. But you really look at half of your plate, 
and for vegetables, um, one-fourth protein, one-fourth whole grain. Um, and I say whole grain, but that can be carbs. Again, that's a whole other battle for another day <laughs> that we can add to it. But this is really a great way to just, again, this is basic. Working with the dietitian, gonna break it down even more and me a little bit more detail. But that's Okay, that, that sounds good. And how can people find you and work with you? So people can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, but they're all the same name, Naja the Dietitian. Um, and those links, I have a website. It's www.nk.com. But I will be going on maternity leave here soon, y'all. I need a break. <laughs> I'll still be posting on social media, um, and I will keep. And then I'm in, don't give me name and all insurance, but CareSource. <laughs> Signa, uh, I'm in the directory as well. So if you have any of those, I, there's um, on my website it shows all the ones I'm in network. You can find me in your directory. I'm all over the place, but social media is going to be the best for the next couple of months because I'm starting pre, um, what I want to say, maternity leave next month <laughs> with okay. some patients, and then um, April I'm not going to take. I'm going to be taking some time off to be with uh, the new baby. Okay, so nice. uh, social media is probably going to be the best way for the next couple months. <laughs> okay. And guys, Nigel posts a lot of TikTok videos on different ways. She cooks vegetables, adds them into her diet, makes them taste good. Like, y'all need to follow her on TikTok. Like, literally, like, it's all vegetable <laughs> content. So if you want to learn how to add more veggies into your diet, make sure that you're following yeah. her on TikTok. Yes. And do you take clients? Sorry, because I've had people... I, I do I do take clients, yeah. And where are you located? So I I'm located in Central Jersey, but I take oh. remote clients, okay. and I focus on mental health anxiety, and I also combine spirituality okay. techniques, such as like manifestation and subconscious reprogramming, to help people rewire their mindset um, through that, and also through gut healing with nutrition. Okay, perfect. Because I was saying about TikTok, and I was like, she takes clients. Um, so that's good to know. Um, and in virtual in Jersey, and uh, and you mentioned me to post the vegetables. Well, how I even started it? Cause I was tired of my clients saying, "I need a vegetable recipe. I need a vegetable." <laughs> how I started it because I need to know how to cook more vegetables. I'm like, I'm gonna make some videos because you guys yeah, are. No. <laughs> it's hard. It's, I'm gonna pull my hair out <laughs> dealing with it. <laughs> you, you make it look good. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. This was yes, so thank you. I'm sorry about the whole, like, that was so weird. I never had an issue like that going on a live before, but it was my first time ever going live on TikTok. I know that they had all those rules. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I would explain what they are, because I haven't done live probably since last year. I've never, but people used to, strangers used to say, ask to join, that you can accept them. So I don't know, maybe it's a <laughs> new update, because how could strangers join your live? But <laughs> I don't know. I know, I'm gonna look it up after, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Have the rest of your evening. Yes, thank you too, and good luck with the rest of your pregnancy. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye, guys. Thanks for joining.